The Rudy Giuliani Show. Hello and welcome, America, to The Rudy Giuliani Show. On the day after Thanksgiving, our great holiday, our unique holiday, our holiday that should be honored and, uh, and considered sacred because um, it's part of our quest for a more perfect union. It's an indication that we're not perfect. We don't have all the right solutions. But we've been given great blessings. And we're not, we're not completely unaware of the fact that we can't do it alone. We need the help of many other people, new ones and old ones, and we need the help of God. How could there be any objection to a holiday like that? And the history of this holiday, given, given some of the atrocities that occurred in the history of, of Native America, on both sides, I might add, something that uh, historians understand, but phony, lying, deceptive Marxist politicians don't. This was not one of those. This has got a pretty darn pure history. Yeah, but not to a... I don't know what Joy Reid is. Here are a few things she's not. Well-educated, intelligent, or having any even slight affection for the United States of America because she maligns it. And there are things to criticize America about, but to lie about it, like the 1619 Project lied about America. Sure, there are things to criticize America about. The slave trade. But to pretend that that's all America is about, to pretend that America invented slavery when there were thousands of years of slavery, makes you one of two things. Extraordinarily ignorant product of a school system that has been taken over by the communists to destroy our young people, or a communist yourself. Well, let's listen to Joy Reid lying about America's most important holiday. Number one. But it's also important to unpack the myth of Thanksgiving. It is a holiday riddled with historical inaccuracies, built on this myth that the indigenous welcomed their colonizers with open arms and ears of corn, a simplistic fairy tale interpretation of a 1621 encounter between indigenous tribes and English settlers that erases the genocide that followed. A, a moron. An ignorant moron. There's a written history of uh, that period. I mean, one of the things that the white man, woman, the despicable, horrible white man and woman brought to America is writing, reading. So a record was kept of this. And uh, there's no serious historic inaccuracy uh, found in, in, in what was written. It's a little inaccurate in terms of the myth that developed, but, but benign inaccuracies. For example, they did arrive in 1620, and uh, they arrived with a lot of their uh, brethren dead from a terrible voyage. And they arrived late because they took off late, and they arrived at the beginning of, or the end, the end of summer. 
they knew through other sources. I mean, Verrazano had been there 40, 50 years earlier, and there were accounts of what it was like there. And one of the things they knew, because they ended up being further north than they thought, they were in for a terrible winter, much worse than they had experienced in Holland or in England. So they were very frightened, and they stayed on the boats. The Indian uh, or Native American uh, tribe or, or group that controlled that area of New England. Now I'm talking to you about history, about facts that I honor, that my mother taught me to revere because it helps human beings understand the future. But you've got to be damn accurate about it. You can't be a liar like Joy Reid or a political propagandist or possibly a communist. The things she said about, says about this country, you wonder why the hell she's here. Go find some place you like. Well, just the opposite of what she says. The Wampanoag Indians, the Confederacy, that had ruled that part of New England, had suffered about three or four years of a plague. And their, their ranks had been depleted by more than half. And a rival Indian group named the Nantucket Indians, got the name, Nantucket Indians, were moving in on their territory. We didn't teach them to kill. They did a hell of a lot of killing on their own for a thousand years before we got here. Killing accompanied by chopping off hair, chopping off heads, and torturing people. I'm not saying that to condemn them. I'm telling you they were human, and they were violent human beings with considerably less civilization than the people that showed up on the Mayflower. But the Wampanoag Indians had a wise chief, a wise leader named Masawat. And Masawat feared that the Nantucket, call them tribe, call them uh, confederacy, was going to take them over and had already taken some of them over. So he very, very carefully watched these ships hidden because what he had over them was great knowledge of the land, which they didn't have. So they had civilization, writing, lots of things they could bring. On the other hand, the Native Americans had implicit understanding of that land, how to use it, how to use it for defense, how to use it for offense, and how to use it for farming and living and sustenance, and how to fish in the particular waters, difficult waters of northern, well, mid-New England, really. And at, at some point, he made the decision to reach out to them, and he sent a... Um, he sent a, uh, an, an emissary who spoke very good English named Squanto. Squanto has become quite famous. There are, there are images of Squanto in various museums in New England. And um, I mean, a certain amount of um, fiction has built up around Squanto. But the reality is he came from some other tribe, had, had become sort of Masawat's two or three top people, and Masawat sent them there to talk to uh, the, 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 the colonists who were still afraid to kind of come off the ships. And um, he basically talked them into it, talked them into coming off the ships. And uh, when they came ashore, he helped them figure out how to use uh, the land to make it productive because the agricultural techniques I'm hardly an expert on this, having lived in New York all my life. But the agricultural techniques were quite a bit different. 
So indeed, unlike the ignorant Joy Reed, he did teach them how to plant crops. He taught them how to fish and hunt in the special way that was necessary for those waters, unlike over on the other side. And he taught them in the words of two contemporary accounts, well, one contemporary and one 20 years later, he taught them other skills. And then he left, but before he left, he brought another, another one of his uh, diplomats in who spoke English, and they negotiated a treaty. <laughs> a treaty. A treaty of peace. In which they declared peace and cooperation between them and joint defense against their common enemies. Which means that Masawat had brought them in to help him fight off the Narragansett Confederacy and was very, very much celebrated by uh, the other Massawads who were very skeptical of what Massawat was doing in negotiating with these strange Englishmen. So Massawat left, this would be the latter part of the spring, beginning of the summer, after their planting was starting to work, and he said he would be back because he retained for himself a certain part of the land where he said they traditionally did corn. So he, and they agreed. So they immediately made a deal. And we don't know exactly if Bradford, William Bradford had become the governor, invited them back, or they came back as they had previously said, or in their natural rotation through that area where they would move around, you know, to plant in the right place at the right time, they ended up there. But they ended up there in the latter part of September, October. They began planting their corn. The, uh, the, 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 the colonists were extremely happy because things had worked out for, well for them. You should know that by the time Massawat showed up originally, half of them were gone, half of, the, half of them were gone. And 75% of the women, believe there were only four women left, at the time of the first feast. And the first feast was not really a Thanksgiving feast, it was a harvest celebration. And it fit the traditions of both. The English had a harvest celebration from back in the old country. And believe it or not, Thanksgiving was a very, very important part of the spirituality of these particular groups of Indians who actually would say Thanksgiving every day for the bounty of the land. So they had a three-day feast, peaceful, friendly, ate well. We don't know exactly what they had. It wasn't uh, turkey. It might have been, but that is not definite for sure. They had venison. They had shellfish. They had numerous kinds of plants. Uh, they didn't have potatoes because they didn't know how to grow potatoes at that point. Hadn't started doing it. They didn't have pumpkins <laughs> because they hadn't grown those. But they had a lot of other things that we eat now. And it is, there's a good chance they had some turkey because Bradford, and this was written about 20 years later, was enormously impressed with the huge number of wild turkeys in, New, in that area of New England. He'd never seen that many turkeys or ones that were that fat. Now, this peace treaty lasted until Bradford and Massawat 
and Squanto and everybody who negotiated were dead. It went into a second generation, and then a um, Massillon took over, named himself King Philip, and I'm sure the uh, the colonists also new colonists uh, influenced a little bit more by the Puritans who had come from New England to join them. I'll explain to you sometime the difference between the Pilgrims and the Puritans. It's a big, big difference that leads to a lot of our strange history of Christmas in New England where it wasn't celebrated because the Puritans didn't celebrate Christmas. They didn't celebrate anything. They made religion so dire and dreary and I don't know why anybody would remain religious. Jesus certainly didn't mean it to be this way. But in any event, that was there, and they were the ones with the witches and all that other stuff. Well, they started causing trouble, and King Philip started causing trouble. And finally, two generations later, they went to war, and there was a major wipeout of the Native Americans uh, by the new group that came there. But they had gone through two generations of peace. It is the only treaty that we know of that's uh, between the Americans and, uh, or, the, or the settlers, I'm sorry, well, Americans eventually, and the, uh, the, the Indians that survived a generation and two generations. And it really was a diff different elements that had been introduced into it, not the original Massawat uh, um, Indians, the uh, Wampanoag Indians, and not the original settlers, the Puritan group that came in and took over as the pilgrims died. But they did help each other. They did ally with each other against a common enemy, another Native American tribe. And they fed each other and taught each other uh, mutual things to their benefit. And you can find that in two contemporary books. Doesn't get better than contemporary books, right? What, what we, I mean, Joy uh, Reed was there. She knows, she, she knows that uh, William Bradford was writing lies. I mean, the guy thought he would go to hell if he wrote a lie. She knows that Winslow, who wrote the original letter, was writing lies. And there are Indian, uh, there are Native American accounts that have been dug up by Native American scholars that corroborate a great deal of this. There's no historical doubt about what I just told you. Thereafter, there is a lot of historical doubt. So this is a beautiful little 40 or 50 year period, which is a long time of peace and harmony and these two totally unknown groups of people working together to help each other. What a beautiful story. What a lousy thing to do on Thanksgiving, Joy Reid. Why don't you get the hell off television? You don't belong there. You're a disgrace. Happy Thanksgiving, and we'll be right back. The former mayor of New York City, Rudy Giuliani. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Well, this is Rudy Giuliani back with you. You're listening to the Rudy Giuliani Show. And don't forget, I'll be bringing you my final thoughts at the end of the show, so keep it covered right here. I'm Rudy Giuliani, and with common sense, we'll uncover the truth and get to a solution. And you're listening to the Rudy Giuliani Show, and we have uh, with us... Uh, Dr. Maria, who's getting ready for our Sunday special, our Sunday show, Uncovering the Truth. It gets quite a bit of attention, so we give it a lot of attention. And um, uh, she and I did a little uh, um, exca excavating, exploring 
at the shopping malls in New Hampshire to see how crowded they were on Black Friday. And I'm going to ask her what she thought in comparison to prior Black Friday. Yeah. Hello, everybody. It's Dr. Maria. And yes, I feel that it is less chaotic, much less traffic. And I was listening to um, radio news today, and it said that nationwide Black Friday, people actually going out is down approximately 20%. You See, know, that seemed like a good number. Yeah. You know, we, we went to a mall, we looked at a mall. We looked at a, a, a Best Buy. We looked at a, a big Walmart super, super, super store. Duper and that Walmart. wasn't, I thought that would be like overcrowded. You can't move. And well, it would have been like 10. I, I remember when they first moved it to opening it on Thanksgiving night. Yeah. I used to go to my cousin's house in Smithtown for our Thanksgiving dinner then. And I remember driving home, people were. The, the crowds weren't coming home from grandma's. They were, go, they were going to the stores. You know, we are such a fast nation. We want everything fast. We go through drive-throughs. Everything has got to be lightning fast. And we, we like to order online so we can get it the next day or the day after, but we don't have to go anywhere. So I think that had a, has a lot to do with it not bringing the people out. And the other thing is they actually started Black Friday specials last week. So it's no longer just on Black Friday. So I went there looking for a special thing. I'm looking for an interactive TV that you can uh, draw on or you can have a tablet and you can draw on the tablet and it'll show up on the interactive TV. They have two different ways of doing this. And I wanted for my live stream show, which I do at 8 o'clock at night, but we now have to take a break. And we, remember, you can get us at 1-800-848-9222. Call us. We'll get to you, and we'll be right back. If you only have a 401K, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. America's Mayor, Rudy Giuliani. This is Rudy Giuliani, back uh, with the Rudy Giuliani Show, and thanking you for uh, being with us the day after Thanksgiving. We really appreciate your your uh, calling us. And, you know, I want to talk to Dr. Maria about something that made me feel really, really bad. I started reading this on Tuesday and Wednesday and yesterday and even today. I mean, Thanksgiving was not Thanksgiving for a lot of people in this country. It was a cut-back, cut-down Thanksgiving. And, uh, and p- sometimes politics and reality merge. There's a reason for it. Joe Biden. He, he, everything you paid too much for, he caused by cutting off the pipeline, by making us energy dependent again, which is, I think, unpatriotic, among other things by uh, spending, spending ridiculous amounts of money, maybe more than we spent in the Second World War, basically for non-productive giveaway programs. My goodness, if he had spent it to arm us so we could be stronger than China, we'd be enormously, enormously successful. Remember, military spending took us out of the Depression. But 
Doctor, I know how you feel about people. You have such a wonderful empathy for them. When you read this stuff that pizza, people had pizza for Thanksgiving and people had like ch- fried chicken from McDonald's and I mean, they should have turkey. <laughs> they should have turkey. Yeah, yeah they should. Even have. a little. I remember bringing turkey to poor people when I was the mayor. We'd, we'd go Meals on Wheels. I would deliver for them on Thanksgiving morning. And it was so nice. I mean, uh, these people had nothing, but they really enjoyed having a little. And, and they would tell you about when they were little. And Yeah, and it is such a beautiful holiday, right? It came together. You sto- spoke about it, it is just a, a little holiday. bit it's ago. A good, a good little piece of history yeah. and, a, and a bad bunch of history, yeah. but a good little piece of history. Yeah, people who, Indians helping colonists who came here, t- teaching them how to and fish. They, and they came together against a common enemy. <laughs> it, it, yeah, so it's a beautiful thing, and I love Thanksgiving. I like inviting all kinds of different people to my table, but it's expensive. Thank God, I'm going to knock on wood, that this year we were able to afford it, but I know a lot of people who couldn't afford was it. Was it a little? Was it a little? I mean, was it? Did you notice the difference? Oh, oh hugely, hugely yeah, yeah. in everything. Yeah. Well, t- too funny, right? Um, for those that don't know, New Hampshire rights are very thif- thrifty, and people sometimes call us Yankees. Like, if not the Yankee, the baseball team. But too if you're, bad, too you know, bad. you're you're an old Yankee or you're a thrifty Yankee, and we are very thrifty. We go for the sales. We shop after Christmas for the big big discounts for the next Christmas. Well, I went to the dollar store today, right? It's Black Friday. Oh, this is funny. <laughs> but I went to the dollar store yeah, and I went this. in there and I'm like, what's going on? Everything's now a dollar twenty-five. <laughs> well, that's not that bad, but no, but it's still, dollar... it's no longer a dollar store. I'm gonna go there tonight at late, late when nobody can see me, and I'm gonna take my one of my famous magic markers. I have all kinds of magic markers. You should, you can't imagine how many magic markers I have, and I'm gonna write down one dollar plus Biden. Uh, well, you know, it is Joe Biden. We're an intellectual people, and I think you know the more money you print, government money you print, the the more chance inflation's going to go up. We're in well, he record doesn't know, he doesn't know high inflation right now. And the problem is it's really nothing. The, the spending is not benefiting anybody. The infrastructure plan is not helping anybody. What they did with what they call the reduction Inflation Reduction Act, I call it the Inflation Expansion Act, has no bearing on us right now. All the money, the unchecked money going to the Ukraine makes me sick. When I know there's not enough affordable housing in the United States. What about what about the money Adams is spending on the wasting? He builds up a, a tent city Nobody ever goes there, and he takes it down. There's well, I was wondering sixteen million gone. Why well, he built a tent city when winter was coming? Maybe he's not too smart. Yeah. I mean, we tend to. I mean, our governor is like. I don't even understand her half the time. I know she wants to build a stadium. For the Buffalo Bills, I'm. I'm, I'm a big. I'm. I'm okay with stadiums. I'm not one of these people. But I, I kind of get a little annoyed that her husband's going to make millions off it. And nobody in the press makes a big deal about it because she's a Republic, a Democrat and not a Republican. You know, if you don't start going after Democrats, they're going to steal us blind. They are stealing us blind in New York. How could the city of New York 
have a higher budget than the whole state of Texas, uh, the whole state of Florida, and they have what twice as many people. Yeah, we're just a city; they're a state. Meanwhile, our state has three million less people, and we have a higher budget than Florida. So when I took you shopping today at Super Walmart, you were talking, I think, I to looking for my <laughs> one of the associates about technology type stuff. And two women from Spain were there and they were very excited to meet you. And they were like, oh, we came to this great state, live free or die. But now it's changing. There's like this they liberal change. But I have to tell tell you they they love you but they talked about Hochul too because one of them used to live in New York and she says I don't understand how people can vote for someone like Hochul we left socialist nation we come here and we had to move twice so far to get to a state that promises that American dream what they call intelligent Oh, may I say, tell you another you thing? You don't have to go to the New York City school system. It makes you stupid. I want to tell you something that they relayed to me, too. They couldn't believe that you're such a superstar and that you shook their hand and took pictures with them. And if they only knew how gracious you are all the time, sometimes it's... Because I'm a Republican. You're, you're so nice yeah, to yeah. everybody. If I, if I required people to stay in, I'd stay in. Uh, my, I, it would be hard for me to conceive that I would lock people up. Well, ju- that's the stark you know, contrast, you, you right? Know, you, know on a, you know I'm not a, a, a Monday morning quarterback. You know I was against a lockdown from the very beginning. Right. I even wondered why uh, President Trump did it. Right. I mean, I, well, I, he tried to do just the, the whole, 14, but he was relying on Fauci. Fauci on and the, Burke. On the little, uh, yeah. oh, I, I, I guess I can't call him what I want to call him. Yeah. But here's what I, here's what I can't stand about him. The guy is hiding a fortune that he made. What royalty Possibly, We know that Biden sold us out. We have the proof in the hard drive. We know he took millions to sell out the best interests of the United States. He took bribes. We do know that Fauci got enormous amounts of money, but we don't know what they were for. So before we can say he was bribed, we got to know what they were for. Open Books did a Freedom of Request Act, and we did a podcast on it. If people want to look up any of the older podcasts, you can go to Rudy Giuliani CS, stands for common sense.com. And we did one about Fauci and the royalty pay- payments. And it wasn't just Fauci, but here the free Tom Fitton helped get these documents. Most of them were heavily redacted. So you can't see you. You could see that Fauci got maybe over a million. I can't remember oh, offhand the amount, but you couldn't see from who. And this was only to 2014. We Can you imagine during the pandemic, the royalty payments they probably got from Pfizer, that, that Moderna? Mean old, that mean old Rand Paul actually wanted to know who he got the money from. I love that guy. I wish I, I just want to be, can, an, can a, a, just an ordinary American citizen be on a committee of one of the either Congress or Senate? Can just an ordinary no, person? No, wow. No, they would never do that. My goodness. Somebody would ask for the truth, uh, except for Rand Paul and... And Johnson and Grassley, Grassley I all love the rest that of them are so too. scared. Of, they were so scared of Biden. I mean, when I first brought Biden to them, which is two years before any of you knew about it, their hands were shaking. Oh, my God. Yeah. And you also wonder every time that happens and you watch these people, how many of them did a s- similar things? How many of them took money from 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 uh, from uh, middlemen like Hunter Biden and James Biden and Frank Biden? And the MSNA bank and uh, crooks in Ukraine and crooks in Russia. Well, not too many did that, I don't think. 
Let's go to David in uh, Los Angeles, California. Yes, thank you for taking my call. I want to ask you about Al Sharpton's comments that he's blaming Eric Adams not cracking down on crime on the latte liberals. Now, you heard that. And if you dig deeper, what he means by that, latte liberal, he says, are the white people in the Hamptons and that they're calling to defund the police. What an excuse. He's well, just wait a second. Those excuse. are the people he's been shaking down for 30 years. I mean, they've been paying because, them money for 30 to 40 years not to protest their businesses, their buildings. I mean, they, when you say Al Sharpton, they pee in their pants. I mean, they're a bunch of miserable white liberal cowards who, if they stood up to this bully from day one, he never would, they never would have been Al Sharpton. When he walked into the store, I mean, he was no mafia guy. He was a big phony. When a mafia guy walked into your store and said, give me half your store, he'd have break, broken your knees. Al Sharpton, all you had to do when he walked into the store is say, hey, fatso, boo, and he'd have walked out. He was a big high school coward. I know his in- entire background and history, including his work with the FBI, all of it in detail. This is a joke if so many people hadn't died as a result of the press giving him a free pass. It's disgraceful that he's still around. And that guy should just keep his damn mouth shut because he's lucky he didn't go to jail. He should just keep his damn mouth shut. And it's part of an American sickness that we listen to him, that we listen to him. The white liberals were doing defund the police? Give me a break. It was the Democrat politicians who were doing defund the police, including uh, black members of Congress like Maxine Waters. And can you believe they're still doing it? And like Cori Bush, uh, Presley from Massachusetts, they're still asking for defunding the police after we see that it doesn't work. And Adams gets away with it. Adams uh, was originally in favor of it. Now he's against it, but he hasn't put the money back. de Blasio took a billion dollars out of the police department. Adams is working with less, considerably less police than I had or Bloomberg had. And he has not put the police back. And now you want to know why the subways are a disaster? He doesn't have enough cops. And plus, he doesn't know how the hell to use them. He's a total fake. Imagine, I- imagine this comment by him. I got one on Christmas, on Thanksgiving Day from him, and I wanted to go up to him and, and say, give me a break. Give me a break. This is – go, go to Adams. Um, it's number one under New Cuts, Mayor Adams on Rikers Island, saying he's not going to ignore this place anymore. We've always treated Rikers Island as this distance place. Whatever happened here, let's ignore it. Uh, This administration refused to do that. And one way of saying we're not going to ignore you is for the mayor to show up. Well, first of all, phony, I never ignored Rikers Island. I paid attention to it from day one because I was part of the criminal justice system, not a phony cop who made trouble. What do you mean? What do you mean? You're not going to ignore it anymore. You've been mayor for a year and people are dying because you're so damn incompetent. You first decided you're going to pay attention to Rikers Island? What, after they set a record for murders this year under you? Do you know you're a disgrace? We're not going to ignore it like we used to. We didn't ignore Rikers Island. No, no. In fact, 
I ignored, I paid attention to Rikers Island so much, I turned it in from the most dangerous jail in the country to, according to 60 Minutes, in five years, the safest jail in the country. An example to the rest of the country of how to reduce crime. 90% less violence under Bernie Carrick. And what did you do? You produced more murders there than any other mayor. What a phony. And nobody will write that. And nobody will say that. And you'll continue to do it because you don't get held accountable because you're a damn Democrat. It's outrageous. It's outrageous what you guys get away with. And it's the reason why our cities are falling apart. They're under Democrat leaderships. Democrats are totally unaccountable. They can do what Lightfoot does and what the idiot in Philadelphia does, set records for murder, and everybody yawns and votes for you anyway. And this year, the citizens of my state, and I blame them, elected Hochul as our governor. Mm. Yeah, tragic. tragic. A contributor to crime. Yeah, yeah. And she's so out and of touch. Cook. Right. So the Democrat Party is now known as the party of elites, that they come out with these edicts and then you are the peasant. You're just supposed to follow. They don't. But you, and we saw that during the pen, pandemic to see Hochul saying that it was a GOP conspiracy, that that people are scared of crime. I'm like, this woman is nuts. She does not even know what her own state needs, what the people are saying. And the New York Times endorsed her for uh, for governor. Who reads the New York Times? Uh, like, come York on. Times. Yeah, it's uh, people who, I don't know, who but, would I mean, read that and freaking also, trash. If you just listen to her, I mean, you're intelligent people. Listen to her sometime. That is not an intelligent person. By the way, neither is the, the mayor. You listen to the mayor and you listen to his, well, never mind. I mean, this is idiotic to say that. Well, I'm, I'm not gonna. I'm gonna pay attention to Rikers Island now. And you've been the mayor for for ten months. You're gonna. I mean, like you didn't know it was there before. I mean, there were only prisoners there. You have only one jail, Adams. It's called right. You can't miss it. You know, when you fly over it, you can see it. It's right there. God, and you were a cop, and you don't know. You don't know where Rikers Island because you never arrested anybody. I mean, it's really pathetic. I don't know what's happened to the people of my city. Is it because of the educational system they became stupid? Well, I've mentioned this before on Uncovering the Truth on Sundays. Jesse Waters will send out uh, people, uh, some rep- he's not really a reporter, Please. but somebody in, they, he goes on college campuses and he'll ask somebody, uh, do you know the capital of the United States of America? No, or they'll pick the wrong place. Do you know what? Um, who was involved in the Civil War? And these people are on college yeah, it campuses. Was, it was uh, the Democrat Party that supported slavery, uh, and that would not compromise over slavery even. No, the the answers are are unbelievable. They'll say, "Oh, wasn't that us against England?" Or was yeah, it well, like? No, that was the English tragic. Civil War. God forbid they should know what the English Civil War is. We will be back. And we will have the mayor's final thoughts. Please come back. The mayor of New York City, Rudy Giuliani. Hello, this is Rudy Giuliani, and I'm back with the Rudy Giuliani Show and the mayor's final thoughts. Brought to you by Tunnel Two Towers, T2T.org. You go on T2T.org right now 
and donate your $11 a month. And if you've already done it, do it again, and then call somebody else and tell them to do it. You're giving them a Christmas present by asking them to do that because they are going to feel better about themselves when they support our uniform members. Because Tunnel to Towers is there for our uniform members. When, God forbid, they lose their lives in the line of duty and their families need the support of the mortgage paid off and other support. Or when they become catastrophically injured and they need the help of a smart home. Don't you want to be part of that? Don't you? I mean, most Americans are good Americans. Uh, Democrats and Republicans. Our problem are not our citizens. Our problems are the fact that we've got a cabal now that is thoroughly corrupt and anti-American and trying to impose on us an alien philosophy that was developed by a nutty, demented philosopher in the 19th century. Now, all you got to do is be educated and read, and you can figure it out. If you're stupid, dumb, and uneducated like Joy Reid, then you make up things about Thanksgiving that make America look bad. Then you make up things to destroy America. Well, here's the mayor's final thoughts. Enough of that. Enough of tearing this country down. You're tearing this country down for people in the future that are going to need it. Why do you think people come here? This is the last great hope of humanity. That is not just a saying. That's a reality. And all those people coming over our border, and all those people who want to come here legally, no place else even comes close, idiots. So don't buy this stuff. Doesn't, isn't there a cognitive dissonance when you hear them say, America is systemically racist? like our demented president says. And people want to come here? But people want to come to a country that's systemically racist, meaning most of us are racist? People would shun us if we were domestically racist. But we have a president who's living in another world because he's missing significant brain cells, and we don't have politicians with the guts to stand up and say that for the good of their country. I didn't have people that had the guts to stand up and say what a crook he was when I presented them with proof of it and said they wanted to put me in prison. So it's got to change. We've got to make the fight, and I don't mean violent, I mean intellectual, to win this country back and save our civilization and save America. And that's what we are thankful for, that we have the ability to do that. Thank you, God, for giving us America. We're not going to let you down. God bless America. America.